0: Hi and welcome back to Behind the Mic with Follower, I'm Joe, I'm Nick and I'm Molly. This is part three of our three part series of our recent talk about the lockdown and the effects it's had on the music industry. Um, as we know the music industry has faced many tough moments over the generations, not least of all the invention of the internet, and the pivot through vinyl to CD and MP3 to streaming services, the rise of YouTube stardom and how this has all reshaped the economics of the business. Over the recent six months or so, we've obviously seen a hard time for the music industry with the lockdown that's been in place. But let's talk about some of the highlights we've seen that exemplify the resilience and natural evolution, talk about whether some of these changes might be here to stay, or what the world of music might look like post-pandemic. Over the last six months, guys, we've seen obviously online gigs, streaming, uh, different charities and fundraising, and loads of other things that people have obviously come together on to help out the music industry at this time um what have you guys seen recently or what would you guys say you've uh, picked up on that has taken your notice the most
1: i guess like one of the one of the most basic things is just media consumption itself so with everyone being locked at home it's it's no big surprise you know we've seen all over the press you know disney plus got insane subscriber numbers um in its first kind of few months of lockdown media consumption itself and like you know netflix binges Video gaming, just keeping tunes going at home, uh, where you've kind of now got control over your own music. Um, radio radio listenership is up, um, and people's habits are changing, I guess, because it's you're in a different routine. Um, but there's there's like pluses and minuses, like you know you're not listening in the car on your commute anymore, but you're now like at home the whole time, and you can can keep the tunes going all day. So, I think some of the funniest stuff in a way is when we're seeing what people have done, like coronavirus and quarantine themed playlists, like. Can't touch this and staying alive, getting uh, <laughs> getting like blared out, uh, like they were in the office to be honest, like just before uh, all that all of this actually turned into a formalized lockdown. So it's interesting just seeing how that that baseline uh has changed and picked up. Yeah, after myself, I've done myself
0: some massive change in uh, uh, what I've been doing over the last six months and how I've been using social media apps, videos, streaming. I've just got some figures here. Netflix and YouTube and Twitch have actually said that since the start of lockdown, they've seen a 30% rise in the use of their services, which is interesting because some streaming services like Spotify are reporting that they've seen roughly 11% drop in streaming. So I think people, like, where, as you say, are in a different routine and have uh, been sat at home doing nothing, I think a lot more people are obviously now deciding to binge watch um, TV shows and obviously, like, get stunk, stuck into like watching TV and films. They obviously have not had a chance to sit and watch for a while. So, I don't know I, I think that might harm the industry a bit I mean I was a bit surprised to see it down 11%, but at the same time it's not as bad as what it could be I guess to be honest
1: yeah it's funny cause it's like different habits isn't it it's streaming's often been seen as this thing that almost depletes the industry a bit because it takes away from you know we talked about in the last couple of episodes the yeah you know, the lack of hard purchases of like pressed albums and music and stuff but now it's it's almost become the one thing that might, to some extent, save it. Uh, the fact that uh, streaming services obviously were like, uh, we've talked in the previous episode about how they're like impacting lack of bought albums and stuff, but now it's one of the few things that's like on the rise and might be like helping preserve the industry.
2: Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Actually, it's um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think there are a lot of artists now who actually rely quite heavily on on um, streaming for their income. You know, like, there's, like, a um, a band with um, uh, Johnny Frank, and he's, like, the only member. Um, I think I spoke to you about this, Nick. Um, The band's called Bill Murray, and... Oh, yeah. You know, the guy said in an interview that he literally relies um, entirely on streaming. Um, Well, about 90% on streaming uh, for his income, and the guy... (laughs) The guy literally just posted on Instagram saying he's bought a new house. So it seems to be doing quite well for him, to be fair. (laughs) Um, Lucky for some, right? Yeah, mate.
0: (laughs) I have to be honest, when I saw the stats, which I think said in part two, about how streaming now makes up 46% Mm. of some artists' income now, I presume they're talking to slightly bigger artists with um, signed on bigger labels, obviously, because I know for a fact smaller artists rely way more on the live performance and that's until you obviously sign a decent deal with a label and you're getting good advertisement and obviously publishing and Mm -hmm. uh, obviously getting good um, money from your streaming it's not making up much I was Mm -hmm. actually just genuinely shocked because obviously when streaming first came into the industry and when YouTube and these services came out a lot of people hated them because they were so against how much money it was going to take out like Nick said earlier, the physical like idea of going into a shop and buying a cd buying a record actually if you wanted one song off an album you had to buy a whole album that was like i mean seven eight nine ten quid now it's like wow i can go on itunes 60p and get that one song often actually taking the time to listen to the rest of that band's music and actually have to buy all of their stuff and i do i can see where that's come from but it's in some ways it's good to see that maybe there is some money starting to go into streaming now it's actually allowing artists like when times like this happen for fans and artists still to stay connected and stay able to buy and sell music and listen to music and everything which allows obviously, them to keep their livelihoods and their yeah. incomes going. i think you,
1: you're quite right it's 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 obviously something that is much more. There'll be a, there'll be a handful of artists of kind of more mid tier who will probably get a significant volume of their income from streaming. But the the big success stories, as you say, are are the larger, more established artists. I mean, we, we could probably do a whole other podcast on on this alone mm-hmm. and like the impact of streaming services. I think if you look across the different payment models for so each of the different platforms, it's it's between like you know a thousand to seven thousand streams pretty much to earn like one hour's minimum wage income and that's like if you were a solo artist not splitting it five ways between a band so it's it's tough yeah
0: exactly and that's and you have to remember as well for signed artists they that's not taking into consideration maybe like other people like labels publishers do you know what i mean other like contracts they've got that they have been paid that would the word like advances or contracts they've signed which obviously mean that people are going mm. to have like a say to how much they get out of their royalties i mean in the day like you say it could be feeding a lot more mouths than just one yeah.
1: so i think we saw quite there were a couple of like really nice little success stories which i guess again big artists but from from the kind of early lockdown period um you know Dua Lipa, her like future nostalgia album leaked early uh and yet still got her her first number one album in the uk and broke three different like streaming records so it's even where the content gets out there in this world where it's very like commodity based it's still able to to really gain traction and i think one of the most interesting things was was is looking at like the new ways that music is catching on and emerging like the weekend is already big uh, as in the weekend the artist but obviously like with the rise of like tiktok videos and so on which has been just absolutely taken off during this lockdown period you know his uh like blinding lights videos which i've, I've found myself doing a dance challenge of as well <laughs> like was the biggest first week sales of 2020 it was number one in like 17 countries the out the, the album for it hold the phone hold the phone hold the phone, hold the phone.
0: You have a TikTok account. I don't actually,
1: uh, I've never uploaded a TikTok video. I did a private recording of it to send to my mate for his birthday because a bunch of us were sent. (laughs) Private TikTok? You are reading, you are totally warping my words. (laughs) Uh, Nah, it's fine. It's just nice to know. You You know, know, mate, it's just nice to know
0: that after the six months to a year I've known you, that there's just some things I still don't know about you. It's
1: it's interesting when you find these things out about someone. And I'll send you some private videos, mate, don't worry.
0: Oh, I'm, oh, I'm alright, mate, don't worry. I, 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 I'm expecting them, of course, in the future.
1: Or in a couple of hours when I've had a glass of wine. All
0: right, so, you know Julia's future nostalgia album. Obviously, uh... That had the song's physical on it. So I heard that on the radio loads at work. So I guess it was obviously getting loads of airtime, though, obviously, like you say, it leaked. It obviously must have done quite well. But did she get a chance to tour it? Because obviously, during this time, I've seen a lot of bands are doing online gigs and shows. Like, did she do anything to like, sort of promote the album in that way or do any online shows, maybe, or anything? I, I didn't see personally.
2: I'm not I'm a massive fan. But...
1: Um, I'm not sure. I haven't. Have, did you see anything, Ollie, in terms of actual actual live performances of it? Whether like... I don't think
2: I've seen saw any live performances of it um, but yeah I mean obviously I've seen plenty from other artists but just not um, but I think one thing that's quite quite interesting about um, all the live performances is that people are doing sort of because obviously what would usually happen if you do like a live stream then obviously that means that it just sort of gets broadcasted out to sort of anyone who basically has internet connection um, whereas what some people are doing are they're doing sort of virtual tours so that they, so that only people in certain areas can access the live stream, which I find quite interesting. So people do like giving it like of a, a online, bit of like
1: exclusivity and community. Obviously. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So so people are doing like online tours of like, you know, Europe, for example. You know where they'll do one night where it's, you know, only people from London can um, can see it, and then only people from, you know, I don't know Krakow can see it, and then Moscow or something like that. You know. I'm um, loving these selections. Yeah, <laughs> mate. It's a
1: really exclusive tour. Just London, Krakow, and Moscow. <laughs> Boom, done, out. Yeah, I've
0: seen so I've seen loads of online gigs and shows. Um, like I think I mentioned earlier, in one of the Chris Malone and yeah. uh, Sway Leaf from David did some. Um, I think uh, a, yeah, suicide, suicide, suicide Silence. silence. I've been doing like live practice like all the time. Like the guitarist sets up his phone, he's like Facebook and live streaming all the time. Um, lo- there's been loads to do live online gigs. I mean, the artist did a fan chat on Instagram. She got almost 300,000 viewers. Um, over 350,000 live w- watched Instagram live battle between Little, jo- uh, Little John and T And There's been loads of interaction online on the social media Fans and artists during this, time, which. I know a lot of people. This I t- probably like from older generations, and people don't understand curse social media, cause they don't want kids like having glued to screen. They don't want people to be stuck, stuck there typing away. But I'm like this. It's like really saved. I hate to say it like save the world's yeah. ass. Like because people, people can still actually communicate and still socialize and feel like they're being social, and they're not alone. People just still go around partly normal.
1: It's the fact that it's not. It's not even if just gigs, isn't. right? It's, it's it's the fact that it's like gone beyond that now. You know, it started as just people going, "Well, I guess I can do a live stream of a of a performance," but it's then mm-hmm. you've ended up seeing like like Q and As and like a proper like window into their world. Especially because nothing's ever nothing's as polished, right? You have a few cases where they'll actually set it up with like crew and lighting and everything, but a lot of this is just streaming straight from their homes. Q and As, like interact interactions, you know, and collaborations with other artists. And these things aren't like a replacement for the real world experience, but they like they do scratch that itch, right? Um, Mm. And they're helping. It's platforms like you were saying, like you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram Live, like all these stuff which are now like absolutely blowing up. Um, And and it was nice. You, You talked about that one, the the live beat battle between Lil Jon and T Pain, and that one actually again like led to a three way record deal between Usher, Ludacris, and Lil Jon, like within a matter of days just because people are trying to find new ways to like monetize these opportunities. So we talk about trying to make a living from streaming and it's like, it's, yeah. it's not just about the streaming, right? It's about new business models. Like, oh, actually, okay, we're now doing something like, you know, here we are doing a podcast, right? But you've got people meeting and collaborating and then realizing, wow, we click, let's do like an online content series. Let's get it up onto IG Live, let's do whatever. And it's it's just interesting seeing like even Instagram and stuff getting out there, well, it's obviously Facebook and Instagram, but talking about, okay, we need, Bigger platform capacity. We've got more people streaming than we thought we were going to have. We need to find new ways for people to engage with whoever's streaming and like talk to them. And we need to work out other ways again. They want to monetize it. They're a, they're a, they're a platform that needs to make money. So mm-hmm. it's just really interesting seeing how the industry is trying to like rapidly evolve yet again.
0: Yeah, I think times like this push the industry to evolve rapidly. Do you know what I mean? I think when your backs up against the wall, you have got to do something. And I think in the, the day. As we said earlier like when streaming first came about and took the piece of vinyl it's already like that already like footed the industry and now this has happened it's got there has to be some good from mm. streaming so i think the best thing everyone can do is now use these things as much as obviously if you to take us back 20 years they seem like a loss of income they're bad they seem like they're not good at this times let's see the positives this if we didn't have these services right now a lot of people would be completely out of jobs so it is it's a it's a I mean it's a what's the word like word uh it's, I, I can't read I think what the word would be but there's positives yeah. and negatives and you just yeah. see it's both sides be like right? trying to take the yeah. most you can double edged sword yeah. yeah it's perfect there you go Nick, thank you. it's perfect it's a double edged sword you just got to make sure that you see both sides and try and take the positives you can from it hopefully I mean it'd be nice to see industry adapt I mean. Artists have obviously been coming together to try and do other things as well. Like, I saw Miley Cyrus started her own right minded series, trying to obviously help with charity fundraising and other things to try and help um, with the situation so far. <laughs> There's other artists as well, but it looks they've got involved mm. as well. Idie um, Gargoyle's One World Together at Home, funded by Global Citizen, raised over 100 million. The WHO and associated charities. <laughs>
1: The who, um, the world, the world health our live stream
0: featuring people. To making sure yeah, it wasn't going to the, the bad. Who, they hundred and two million making 102
1: million. Uh, 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 the
0: who? Oh no, no, sorry. <laughs> so I was, I was reading like I lost it, and then I like that's all good. Compl- no, no, I was, I was, was embracing like,
1: that's, like. that's a, that's a fun little joke. <laughs> hmm.
0: That's fair enough, but. uh, she like? Uh, that, through doing this, they actually managed to do an eight-hour live stream, which featured Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong, The Killers, Taylor Swift, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, Lizzo, and loads of other artists. So it's really good to see all these guys kind of band together to try and make the most of what is like the opportunities that are still there and still trying to sort of obviously
2: help everyone out. It's, how else can you do it really at a time like this? But yeah, it's true. I mean, I think you know, it's it's got to a point where obviously. Yeah, as as you said earlier, Joe, you know, people sort of often don't like the platforms because, I don't know, it doesn't pay as much as it did in the golden days or whatever. But it's just, it's silly really because, you know, without the platforms that we have now, it's just, it wouldn't be possible for artists to really make any sort of living at all. Um, and as you said as well, you know, it's it's a case of, this, this whole sort of lockdown is, is forcing um, innovation, I think, you know, and it's like, instead of just sort of bumbling along like we sort of were, um, it's just sort of forced us to literally just reach like, you know, 10 years into the future and just try and pull something out of a hat in that sense, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, you know, we were talking about Suicide Silence doing doing their live uh, tours and stuff. I mean, it's it's the first um, first ever virtual world tour, I think it is which is pretty insane really, um, and it seems like they've really sort of, you know, pulled out all the stops in terms of um, the actual production of it as well. You know, like hiring some enormous room that is like basically a big venue, you know, getting all the lights, you know, really cool, and making it look like a proper um, a proper performance, you know, that you kind of see at a big venue, like an arena or something um yeah and that's and it you that's want you just, want to give people uh, the experience yeah don't you? exactly because yeah. that's that's and that's it's what just, it's
1: all about it's, it's it's one of the reasons why people have even liked like not just the contemporary artists but you've got artists from from way back that are having their like uh like live dvd back catalogs and stuff shoved online and you're getting you know suddenly it's like free to watch on youtube and mm-hmm. the same with um you know things like a lot of the like national theater performances that have been going up for like a week at a time and stuff it's it's because it's not just constrained to Oh, I want to see what's current. It's just I want the on-stage experience, and I want it at yeah. home. Yeah. So even if that's old archive footage, it still like
2: helps people scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I just, I just can't have seen like this kind of thing happening. You know, if if, if lockdown wasn't a thing, like a, a digital world tour wouldn't have happened. Now it would have happened ten years, you know, ten years from now. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like you said before,
1: mate, about being pissed off with the platforms and stuff. It's it's not the technology that's the problem. Like it's it's where the power is, mm. and like there's almost this duality at the moment, isn't there? Where like everyone's a creator, and you know everyone's got access to YouTube. Everyone can do home recording and stuff. But but then the the kind of the power and the control still sits massively with some of the big streaming services and with and with like labels and so on and it's that like if if we can begin to break that back down again so that the technology is still doing the job it is to create and get the content out there but but you can start to kind of remove that monopoly and Mm -hmm. and kind of crowdsource the ownership again um and create a more sustainable like business model like that's that's really where what we can start to get to it's just it's i'm sure it's still some way off yeah and i think until then i mean it's this situation at the moment has almost shown that the model is broken because of the amount of, of support that's been required. We talked about everything in episode one, right, around you know, just how struck by lockdown the, the music industry has been, particularly live music. But that's why it's been interesting watching some of the, the kind of larger larger bodies and organisations and companies trying to do something about it. There's that, you know, Sony put together their their kind of music global relief fund. Um, that's like $100 million as... Um, in Live Nation, who are not usually the first to, to like do do the right thing in this instance, they finally <laughs> caved to uh to like fan and Congress backlash and about like refusing refunds originally for canceled concerts and have issued out their their massive refund plan that that Joe alluded to back in episode one. Like, there's there's areas where it's where it's happening and there is some support going back into the industry, but it's it's scary. You feel almost like that should have happened straight away and. And ideally, you'd have a an industry where it wouldn't be so necessary that that that's the thing to keep keep people afloat. What else do we? There's like PPL, the British licensing company that was like uh, an advance. They were doing advance payments like of all their uh, of their license royalty stuff. There's about twenty four million issued there right early on in the crisis. Apple have done their like fifty million relief fund for indie labels um, and giving people like free access temporarily to to Final Cut and Logic and stuff. Bandcamp or waiving fees. I thought one that was was an interesting, again, double edged sword is, is what we saw from from Spotify. This again, I think Joe talked about a bit on episode one, didn't you, mate? That was uh, their music relief program. So on their music, on their like fund, you've got people can donate to one or multiple chosen causes, and then Spotify will match up to like ten million dollars total. Uh, and artists get to pick their like featured fundraising pick on their profile, all this sort of stuff. But there's there's this like feature within there of like the tip jar, which is essentially allowing people to donate to artists via like PayPal or whatever, if you click if they like activate an additional little button on their profile. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I just found that one a little bit difficult <laughs> because it's like it's essentially sidestepping what we were talking about before, that you've got a a platform here where, you know, it's it's doing great things for the propagation of music, but there's a lot of challenge over can artists really profit properly from just being on the platform getting their music out there so if you require a tip jar feature to to help artists is that almost like shifting the onus away from the platform doing what it can to support artists and instead kind of appealing to the public similar to when we had all the like you know fundraise for you know let's crowdfund for the nhs and it's like Uh, and it, it was That's like the assist. same with, you know, crowdfunding for the NHS and stuff, right, where it's like, this is a, a funded body, <laughs> like a, yeah. a national institution, it shouldn't 100%. need to be propped up by by public fundraising. It's kind of the same with the tip jar, it's it's good that there's a way to contribute towards your favourite artists in a way, but it mm-hmm. it's almost like an admission of guilt, <laughs> in yeah. the fact that streaming royalties aren't sufficient enough to support artists alone, and yeah. letting the listeners fix it instead of like actually addressing that it's a problem that goes much deeper with like rights holders, NDAs and like just yeah, you know, it's a kind of and the consumerist shift we talked about, right? That music is commoditized and that goes back to like pre like lime wire days. Oh,
0: do you not think that if I mean if companies like Sony and Apple at a time like this can find a hundred million or fifty million, they're obviously do you know what I mean they're obviously making a lot of income. So are I'm sure there's a lot of artists which are losing out on mm. a lot of possible income on unfair deals. I mean we've all I've heard it enough times that the industry is never fair to artists until you really get somewhere, mm. but
2: this is it right? It you need a long-term solution. Mm. Well, I think I think there are some some really cool platforms that are sort of um on the rise at the minute, you know, you've got like you've got things like Patreon for example. Cuz the thing is I never really What is Patreon? I mean I don't know a huge amount about it, but it seems like it's basically like it's sort of like a fan page, and you basically buy sort of subscriptions to um, to two people's pages, and they'll sort of give you, you know, exclusive content. Um, give you like uh, they'll, they'll they'll just show you like their demos that they're working on. All this kind Joe, of Joe like- basically
1: all those all those girls on Instagram where you're where you're paying for their OnlyFans accounts. It's basically like that, but not <laughs> just for getting pictures of a
2: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the musical <laughs> never, version never of OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it is. Because I think one, one thing that people used to do, you know, was like the crowdfunding thing, but I just found that kind of a bit weird, to be honest. I just found it kind of strange, like, the idea of asking people for money so that you could just, you know, create something. Um, I found it a bit odd, but I like the idea of Patreon because it's sort of like you're paying the, the artist money so that you can... You know, so that they can fund their projects and stuff. But it's, uh, you know, they're having to actually add value for you. You know, it's not just charity. It's like they're actually subscribing to get your services. You know, um, so I like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's. But I think that's like. I think in a way that's like subscribing to a YouTube channel. The guy's got a YouTube mm-hmm. channel and he's making decent content. I mean, in a realistic fashion, it's the same as when you switch on your TV each week yeah. and watch a TV show. Switch in every couple of days to watch a guy's YouTube channel. It's almost like watching a TV series, by which point, pay some subscriptions to Netflix and Amazon Prime to watch TV shows. So, why shouldn't artists take that middleman out of it and have the ability to go, look, if you just want to pay for my stuff, pay this each month, all my stuff for free? I don't see anything wrong with that personally. I think that's completely fair. I think that middleman. Sorry, yeah, one thing, one last point. um That middleman, having that middleman in between, is like, why the hell should the guy in between, just because he goes, I know you and I know you, why don't we put this together, make more than the guy that spent months, like, do you mean, filming and editing or recording and editing and mixing a music or film or TV series? At the end of the day, in any sort of art, the guy who's the creator and the mastermind behind it realistically should be the guy who gets the. Most benefit out and of it. Sure. I think do, it's you know, do you know where I'm coming from? What it's t- 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 totally wrong, agree, do I yeah. seem about? Yeah, no, but it's,
1: it's interesting what you were talking about with the like. If you regularly tune into this one person, be it like a YouTube channel, or whatever, it's like you know, it's the same as subscribing to. Well, like, you know, it's the same as if you were buying a box set almost, or moist or your, or it's your favorite TV show you tune into, and you'd want them to be getting revenue. And it's it's been exactly. interesting seeing that pivot, right? Because you probably remember like Pledge Music, which you know the original like kind of like crowdfunding platform for for musicians for like funding specific albums kind of basically like kickstarter for music but but exactly like you're saying there like this more regular funding be it something like patreon which is obviously quite generic you know there's there's patrons out there for all types of industries um you know there's that same model of like a monthly kind of subscription basis has been added now to you know to youtube's model you know there's like the the little like join community you've got like on twitch you can obviously follow someone but then you can subscribe and like and actually mean that they get some like bonus revenue on a regular basis so it's like it's giving people a proper revenue stream rather than it just being help me fund this you know this one-off project or this one-off album Mm. um which again makes it slightly more sustainable
0: that's it and i i think we need to see more like bigger companies that have a bit of a weight whether it's in like movies, TV, music, uh, theatre, dance, gaming—anything that like is creative, creative and has like editing and like stuff—that's all very similar sort of like aspects to each of these sort of things. They're very similar things you'd learn in college or university. Similar qualifications. You see big companies like we saw with like Travis Scott with Fortnite, how they like uh, did that massive advertisement for his new song with Kid Cudi, the Scots, which I will say I actually watched on Fortnite, and it was to be honest as a virtual thing it was crazy how much effort they'd gone through it was like a good 15 minutes of a completely different like sort of experience i've ever had being Mm. a gamer and they went through so much like effort to like pull as much people in to watch that i mean 12.3 million concurrent players watched it and over 28. uh 28 million so i watched over five different separate showings which was it's insane numbers that's 28 million people over five Fifteen-minute viewings—that means in the space of what, an hour and fifteen minutes, twenty-eight million. But think about the amount of effort put in if that was for mm. one video on YouTube left for twenty-four hours. But it's sad that the only reason Epic Games and Fortnite would have got involved is because of the weight Travis Scott has in the industry. Why can't we see more smaller artists, more independent Given labels, like more are these low-down sort of, yeah, like seeing more help from bigger? Aspects of industries actually trying to pull them in and use them rather than just only like it'll help them, sorry, rather than only using people they see as a well, they're worthwhile to us. I know it's business and everything, but I think it would be a lot nicer to see more networking between companies and artists and between other artists and industries. If you yeah. get what I'm trying to say, and sort of see the other avenues start to open up, which could allow other artists and other people to gain different. And what's um, interesting is like
1: it's it feels very new and modern and stuff, right? Because the iteration we're seeing of it at the moment is is so new and so different. Like you said, we're not seeing anything like it, but uh, so there's been a couple obviously on on Fortnite, Marshmallow and uh and Dead Mouse and stuff, but it kind of it's almost like a continuation of a trend that's been going on for years. Like we started off with those really weird, like hologram performances from like Tupac and Frank Zappa and Dio and like MJ and stuff. So like and they they were always a yeah. bit kind of like those. It's a bit odd bit almost like oh, is this do we need this um but then like
0: i don't know i rate i'm sorry i rated the tupac one like tupac is a g man and like his music like has such meaning and message and that man was so good at spitting and his like, lyrics and i'm a f- i'm a huge tupac fan and like i i think that was a really nice effort to like try and back an artist which to be honest realistically sadly like was taken way too early i think that guy had potential yeah, for something point. more than the more of the legend than he already is do you know what i mean and that's just sad but i get what you try to say it's not ever going to mm. be the same it's not ever going to be like you say it's always going to be something a bit like this is amazing but it's just something that's quite not right yeah, do you the, know what i'm like most respect it's, it's less
1: about it being not right but rather just i just find it interesting that this idea of merging like tech and and music uh and in you know in modern days now that ends up often being like gaming and music as well like it's something that's been going on for for quite a while like if we go right back like 10-15 mm-hmm. years or there was i remember the old chat room Habo hotel from many many years years ago and and like calvin harris justin bieber miley cyrus like went into like Haber Hotel and did like meet and greets and this sort of thing and there was like virtual gigs back when like Second Life was a thing before that like petered out so it's like it's really interesting now seeing these these new examples of it but it's not like this has never been thought of before so I'd love to see it like become more normalized and gain more traction because there's so much interesting stuff still happening in the industry here there was um was it Block by Block West Festival was like a like minecraft uh basically festival they put together like featuring who was it pussy riot idols massive attack um they had square garden festival which again was also in minecraft um which was uh like 100 gex noise pop duo like charlie xcx cashmere cat and so on so like it's happening and these are like again more innovative ways of using the tech not just like going online doing a live stream um so it's like it doesn't we, we talk about how the music industry is evolving and it's like it doesn't just have to be music performance right it's a case of just finding out what are the other ways that you can connect with your fans through your own passions um you know a band that uh, myself and some of the guys i used to play with the friends with called wars have just been literally going on and streaming like warzone stuff on twitch now um uh, and and like <clears throat> uh, the guys in evade escape my uh again that I been just inviting fans into their like zoom q a's to just hang out once they're done with the main questions and stuff so it's like it's just nice to to let people in 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 whatever way you can
2: i'll tell you what the, the mid-level bands who are getting on pretty big tours but they're not making a huge amount of money necessarily um they then you know I, I feel like they probably have to think well is it is it worth flying to like japan to play a show is it like worth getting the plane tickets and sleeping in you know the van and all that kind of stuff when you can just sort of do it at home i, I don't know is, is is that going to be a thing it'll be quite interesting i think actually um yeah maybe because because i know what you're trying to say from home
1: for office workers and stuff and it's like why not also music yeah. to some extent yeah
0: for sure i think it could definitely be a thing where smaller bands who have like you know when you like you see those small bands like i don't know some i think our Spotify, like shows one area somewhere like in a random little country where somehow your song, one of your songs is like known and you have a few fans and like those small fans look like that small group of fans they're never realistically going to get to see that band unless that band gets bigger i think it could definitely be a thing where we see smaller bands get the ability to do live shows for fans which they wouldn't usually be able to play live for if you get what i'm trying to yeah. say I definitely feel could be a thing. Yeah.
2: I mean, it it could be just really I mean, it could be a case of imagine if, you know, bands that would usually travel around the world would just only play, you know, shows that are actually fairly close to them and then only do the sort of virtual, virtual, um, shows for things that are like, you know, really far away, you know? um, I think we
0: might see yeah. that as it comes out it's of really lockdown rough. a bit. I think when different countries get to different stages of the waves, I think a country like for instance on a tour where part of that country's on lockdown because they've had a little outbreak mm-hmm. and next like four weeks, they can't be there. And it's like, well, we can play the show in our hometown because the lockdown restrictions are lifted, mm-hmm. but we can't over there. So do you know what I mean? I think you might have yeah. that happening until everyone sort of this and sorts itself out. I think that might, you might see that, but, so, no, it'd be interesting to see if you actually see it like you say as like a consistent thing afterwards. Are you going to see bigger bands? I mean, to save money, other than te- like you say to get the train tickets, to- the plane tickets, to take everyone over mm. there to do the show, and not just do it. Mm. Deeper, well, especially if, home. like,
1: if if travel and like visas have become more difficult off the back of you know a combination of Brexit and like and the insurances, mm. you know, potentially going up after we we come out the back mm. of this. Just again, because parts of the industry are trying to trying to keep themselves protected for the future so yeah there's only going to be probably more more barriers and it's about how how we overcome those right
2: Mm
0: -hmm. here's a question what do you guys think will be will want to be the single most important change to the industry after this is over do you think it will be like changing how streaming is going to be like the percentages or do you think it's going to be like how delivered
2: like Ollie's talking about people realising that I mean streaming and that kind of stuff is actually a viable sort of you know source of income uh, you know because I think so many people think that mm. gigging is the only way and sure don't get me wrong you can do you know you can get paid a decent amount for playing shows which is great um, but I think uh, you know that there are actually some really sick artists you know, you got like these sort of like uh, there's this sort of rap kind of like this emo rap kind of scene going on at the minute, which is quite cool. Like artists like um, um Shinigami and and that kind of stuff. You know, they're they're all literally doing really well off literally just streaming, which I just find pretty yeah. cool. And I just hope that people sort of um, I guess notice that and jump on that sort of bandwagon. I guess. <laughs> and well, um, it's,
1: it's like we said earlier, right? It's it's going beyond just traditional streaming and Mm. thinking like okay the traditional business model is broken yeah but how do we embrace this technology in a way other than the kind of current mass way of just going okay i'll create tracks and i still have to work towards an album it's like well no you don't you know we've got we've already evolved past sync through like single culture but then do you get to a point where like you say you're writing like short almost like shorter lifetime like topical tracks you're like doing these like live events and things where you're welcoming people in you're doing collaborations you know there's. it's i think yeah a combination of that plus like more transparency between all the different parties involved and the different like stakeholders financially so that we get to to a better model i think it's the thing i'd really like to see from the back of this i think that it just that you get like more of a meaningful digital footprint you know where it's not just your tracks now live online but rather this kind of global music community um it's not to diminish the importance of live music i think that hopefully an- another outcome of this is that by being deprived of live music people will really see the value of it and realize how much they've missed it mm, because yeah, sure. <laughs> because you do just feel like everyone talks about how much they appreciate music and appreciate live music but we all know the struggles right as as like small time touring artists to get a proper packed out show it just it just doesn't happen especially in uh in areas where there's like so many alternative venues or nights out so that people could be at so hopefully if people see like shit you know the Mm. the scene and the venues have almost died a death from this like i don't want that to happen i want to be a part of keeping it alive um but but as you say if we, if we do have like a tech a tech, a tech evolution and there's more virtual touring virtual gigging and stuff, it might really like reduce the carbon footprint of of the whole yeah. industry as well yeah. which which would be a nice takeaway so there's like there's again there's lots of lots of things that could come from it and lots of lots of positives um, um I must admit I definitely agree with both of you i think um, like
0: Nick's point, I definitely think and hope that because people haven't had live music people are going to actually appreciate it more make more of a chance to go out and see bands and go down the local pub and see a bit of music and maybe go and listen to and see bands they wouldn't usually or artists they wouldn't usually see and maybe actually try and support the industry a bit more and hopefully it might get back on its feet a bit quicker And the same as with ollie's point as well i hope that a lot more bands take advantage or a lot more i stop saying bands a lot more artists take advantage of streaming services but at the same time i hope streaming services and at labels and publishers actually start to give back to artists a little bit more and understand that the difference that when something like this happens they're all okay and it's all the musicians that even though in all the hard work pay for a lot of these labels like give these a lot of these labels a big income and a big revenue they should get a little bit more back so that if this does happen they're not the ones that completely find it hard it should do you know what i mean it should be a bit more fair, I feel. I feel it's a bit out of touch at the moment. I'm sure a lot of people would agree
2: with that. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Well, I think, I think I'll think i tell you what, I, th- I think it will give, um, it will give artists a bit of a kick, I think, because when venues sort of reopen and stuff, they're going to need to ensure that, like, the venue is packed, because they will obviously be struggling massively, you know, the small independent uh, venues, so they're going to basically be, like, they're going to have to ensure that, the venue is completely packed, which means that they are going to be looking at, realistically, they will be looking at your social following and all this kind of stuff to make sure that you can actually draw people to the gig. Um... Well, that's what a lot of people go by. That's
0: what I'm on about when I say, like, earlier about how big companies and big aspects of the industry don't take mm-hmm. a chance on the little guy sometimes. it's It's the same with venues, a lot of big venues, which a lot of people would love to play and I'm sure artists could perform and do well in not allow bands because it's like oh well you guys might not bring a crowd but it's like yeah but if you put them on a show with the right band people will check that band out and then they might check i mean people are going to check that band out through the other band mm. the band they're playing with and then those guys might turn up not just for the last band but for the support band as well the support artist as well and you know what i mean all you just all round, it could offer opportunities a lot of like i think that's just a lot of people's attitude is because there isn't a lot of money in the music until you get to the top A lot of people have to be very careful in how they go about their business i think to make sure they do get an income they do get a pool and like you say ollie for a venue they Mm. do get people turning up and buying tickets and Mm. buying drinks and stuff
1: democratization of responsibility right like these these situations work when you've got a like a venue that's known and has like an established kind of local scene and you've got a good promoter who who actually makes an effort themselves as well to to get fans to the venue they're not just relying on the band to, especially if the band's traveled from far oh, afield. Oh definitely. Uh, yeah. You've got a band that turns up and is is professional and puts on a, a kick-ass show and and hopefully has has a bit of draw as well. But like it's it's only when that shifts and you know and you have either a promoter that makes no effort or you've got a band that you know doesn't do the bare minimum that's expected of them as well and that's I think it's everyone's been burnt, like promoters have been burnt by bad bands, bands have been burnt by bad promoters, and it's it's just it's like like anything, right? You just need people to do what's what's kind of expected of them and, and have, have integrity to do justice to the scene.
0: As we know, these times have been hard, and as artists ourselves, we understand a lot of people may be feeling the pinch and struggling themselves with what's going on. So we're going to include some links in our YouTube upload and possibly any other descriptions of the up- where you might find this podcast. Just with a few links and a few uh, descriptions of places you may be able to go and maybe able to get some help. So just to quickly read off, we have PRS's for Music's Emergency Relief Fund grants, uh, grants for up to a thousand pounds, as well as a Sustaining Creativity Fund, Musicians Union Coronavirus Hardship Fund, one-off two hundred pound grant for members. Association of Independent Music (AIM) support fund aimed at contracts and freelance workers in the industry. A thousand pounds to each of the a thousand workers within two months. Musicians Coronavirus Hardship Fund, which is a one-off grant of £500, Music Venue Trust Emergency Fund for Grassroots Music Venues, Local Authority and Council Support, worth speaking to local councillors guys to see what options might be available. Outside of funding there's also tons of information online to help you guys out with creating music and videos from home, collaborating with others, engaging with your fans and more, so check it out and keep on creating. We'll drop a link in the description to a great summary from ACM, which is the Academy of content with music which is in guildford that some of you guys might find helpful um as we said guys if any of you guys need help click on the links and leave them below and hopefully you guys might be able to obviously get some help and have a bit of everyone else to support you in these times um, so the last thing we are gonna chat about quickly is what fans you guys as fans can actually do to also do your bit to help at a time like this so i mean the obvious one is share music with people what other other ideas can you guys think of
2: well, I think there are a few ways, really. I think just um, as I said before, you know, Patreon is a great site. I think because um, um, that can be quite a good income stream for for artists. Stream,
1: we've we they might be flawed, but every little helps, right? Follow artists, send them some love as well. It's quite nice when when yeah, you're yeah. sitting in lockdown, in silence, not able to connect with fans. Just like get in touch, make us feel like our community is still going. Yeah. Buy tickets for rescheduled shows as well, because in a lot of cases as well, like these these shows that are being put put in the diary now for like a year's time like they're dependent they need the money now to like to keep going till then and to guarantee that the event actually happens um you can f- hit up pl- platforms like Bandcamp uh for music where you know especially yeah,
0: band a good one i'm not sure camp is a good one because it gives money back the artist which is actually good It gives exactly it I'm, more I'm
1: not sure if they're still waiving their fee Spotify but. Does. It's definitely a place where more money will go back into their pockets um, than than on a lot of the conventional purchase platforms. Um, look out for, like, crowdfunded projects or unique creations that artists are, like, working on online. Get behind them. There's lots of, like, specific venues as well. You might have a local venue that's th- under threat of closure. I mean, just hit them up yourself. See what you can do for, to help. They might There might be things you can do beyond money, right? You know, we keep talking about the financial things, but just see, see what you can do to help. Speak to people, because... The industry can survive if we all keep coming together. It's
0: yeah, sometimes I mean sometimes all like people need is like either like someone to talk to or might even need just a helping hand in like you know what I mean mm. anything. Yeah, I, mean, I mean and like the thing is as well, if people are talking about this, sooner or later people are gonna start connecting and starting to get it. And like we said, sharing with music, just share the links we've shared earlier with people you might know, because anyone you know might be in trouble and just as like everything else like Nick's just discussed. Share and talk about it with people you know, because the more you do, the more people are going to start to become aware and actually start doing it.
2: But yeah, no, I think you're right. It's just just dropping the line and just say, you know, keep creating. It's really cool. Like, like your content and whatever. Just sort of keep the sort of morale going as well, you know, because I think that's obviously an issue too.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Sometimes you need someone just to give you like a pep talk and kick up the arse and be like, look, things are going to be fine. Like, these are shit times, but there's a lot of positives going on as well in the background. That, do you know what I mean, doesn't obviously in today's media get as much attention because everyone loves to read a bad story? But, you know I mean, we've all just got to like stick together, stay positive, and hopefully, like, in the next year or so, this is all going to sort itself out and we'll, I mean, we'll be fine and then we'll carry on and things will go back to normality. And, Hopefully there'll be some good points from this we can take on that we've discussed in this show and people will be able to continue doing afterwards.
1: Thanks again so much for tuning in guys and sticking with us. Uh, It's been quite a long episode as well. Uh, So if you're still listening at this point, awesome. Really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed it and the other two episodes. Um, We'd really love to know what else you guys have seen uh, that's out there. What artists have made you smile by doing something outside the box or what digital events have you been tuning into? Um, so drop some comments below. Uh, in a moment, we're just going to list off a few of the more like weird and quirky things that we've seen out there as well um, that might be fun for you to look up. But uh, again, please do tune into us again. If you like this, like us, subscribe, comment, get in touch with us directly. Like we've said before, um, or find us at Official UK on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and hopefully we'll catch you again for the next episode. Um, if you are sticking around and you're still listening to us, um, a few fun things you might want to go and check out online. Um, we've seen the Dutch public broadcaster, VPRO using AI to create their next Eurovision hit um, that's, like, expanded out now. There's, like, 13 teams across Europe doing stuff, so check out um, Uncanny Valley, Beautiful the World. Uh, it's the Aussie entry, really, like, synth-heavy, very odd lyrics. Um there's some other like AI music stars like Hatsune Miko um, that you might have heard of. She's like a Japanese virtual singer based on a Yamaha uh, Vocaloids like software voice bank, um, fronted by a kind of anime 16 year old girl. Very weird, but uh, GQ called her like the most exciting addition to Coachella's 2020 lineup because she was actually on Coachella's 2020 lineup. Um, she's done collaborations with like Lady Gaga, Pharrell Williams, and stuff. Um, and yeah, like hopefully these sorts of things out there will just let you see that there's there's a lot of really fun really exciting weird stuff going on in the industry um it's certainly not dead it's alive and kicking and hopefully will be for years and years to come so get out there guys let us know what's uh what's making you tick and we'll see you next time